Hello and welcome to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where we discuss Red Dwarf episode by episode. Two newbies and two longtime fans journey into the far reaches of space on the mining ship Red Dwarf. Uh, today we're going to be talking about episode two, Future Echoes. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And I'm Sarah. All right. A little bit of show business before we get getting started. Uh, you may have noticed that our podcast name has changed. Uh, we are now the Red Dwarf Introcast. No longer Ganymede and Titan. And uh, the reason for that is we got a very, very polite email uh, from a gentleman named Ian, who is the founder of the Ganymede and Titan uh, Red Dwarf fan group that has been around for years. Uh, we did not know this. So uh, we... Uh, unwittingly had stolen a name from uh, a well-established fan group uh, that has their own podcast, in fact, uh, Dwarfcast. And uh, so we are just very apologetic for that. Seriously, no slight intended. Uh, if, if you are a longtime fan of Red Dwarf and uh, are looking for fan groups, go check them out, Ganymede and Titan, because that is, that's not us. That's them. So we're just going to be the Red Dwarf intro cast. And uh, again, we sincerely apologize uh, for the mix-up there. Hopefully we will uh, straighten up and fly right and not uh, you know, go into any radiation and have to hypersleep for three million years. <laughs> <laughs> they do everything with their website called Ganymede.tv. So please have a uh, visit. That's Ganymede.tv. Yes, and that's a site that Angela and I can't go to because we would probably get spoiled, but I am sure that it Very is an awesome, awesome site uh, that we will be going to, you know, after we've watched the whole, whole show, maybe. So uh, so that's that. Uh, oh, one other note I wanted to give. Uh, a lot of folks have been saying what a neat idea it was to, to do this episode-by-episode episode watch with some experienced folks and some new folks. And uh, just in case you're new to the concept, that's that's not our idea. Uh, intro casts are sort of a, a new wave in podcasting, and you know we got the idea uh, from what we think is the first one, a potential cast, which is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, podcast. And there's just a whole community of these intro casts popping up now. There's you know Twin Peaks and Buffy and Angel and uh, several out there. So it is a great idea, but it's not our idea. So we have to give some credit where credit is due there. And there's a Facebook fan group for intro casts that lists. All of them. Including us. Inclu yeah, we'll be in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've got uh, some business out of the way, why don't we get started with the episode synopsis, Shane? Holly navigates Red Dwarf during Lightspeed, but when Red Dwarf goes through Lightspeed 24 hours early, the crew witnesses strange events and they find they are witnessing future echoes, images of events that were happening yeah. in the future. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I thought it was 22 hours early. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so this was a neat, neat episode, I thought. Yeah. It, it was actually quite cool, yeah. But I don't think it has as much action as the other ones do. It was kind of. Mm -hmm. But on the slower side, I think it just kind of tied in more future ideas that were going to come forward. It, was, I, it wasn't one of my favourite ones, to be honest. But I did enjoy it. Originally, this episode was actually supposed to be number four in the series, but was switched to the ah. second because the producers felt it was the best episode to really introduce the science fiction aspects of the show. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, cause yeah. it does feel like it's built on something, and I, it feels like it's been out of sequence a bit. Does that make sense? Because it's kind of going on about, like, Lister and having kids and stuff. Yeah. So it's just 
kind of it brings the idea that there's going to be more to it, that it's going to continue on sort of thing. Oh, and so and you're thinking, how's it going to work out? Yeah, speaking of so sci-fi be- stuff, uh, zero-G football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's back. Yes. Yeah. Heath, you're going to yeah. be our zero-G football watch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I watched it. I, I noticed it as well, and I was like, oh my god. Because you brought it up, Heath, I was like, oh, right, that makes so much more sense. Like, seeing the picture of him looking down at um, Dave Lister and him with his Hawaiian shirt and stuff just made me laugh. That Jim Bexley Speed, yeah. Mm. Which, okay, yeah. and uh, so we may have gotten a clue there, too, about what. Um, what uh, 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 sorry zero G football is because I was trying to think was it like soccer is it like American football but it looked like he was wearing like American football or maybe even like rugby style uh, shoulder pads there yeah mm. yeah I think the, and he said he was on the roof so like they must use all four like the roof the mm. the mm. the walls and the floor so it's like moving in different directions to. I mean, I don't know how the scoring works or whatever, but it gives you an idea that it's probably quite different rules than kind of conventional games we play. I have to ask, what do you think of the suspension machine right at the beginning? I thought it was quite funny. They had, like, the Oh, I the forgot! Robot. Yep. The, and he throws yeah. out the bucket and stuff. Yeah, the one with the lisp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a neat gag. Um, you know, because I suppose... Is that the only food that they have? Is what comes out of the dispenser because that's sort of where it's pretty much so. Yeah, starved to death, eating shoes and (laughs) justified. That's what happened with Cat. That's what happened to all of Cat's brothers and sisters. Maybe I'm still curious about that, and I'm sure you you said that it's you said that it comes up later on. So maybe yeah. So yeah, his his entire race starved to death uh, because of the, the comic relief. Uh, food dispenser. Well, it's not the only dispense machine on on board, so I'm sure other ones work. <laughs> yeah, because the toaster has to do something other than make snarky remarks. Well, now wait, you see yeah. the toaster. I thought it had like the same voice as the dispensing machine. Nope. So I thought, okay, two completely different people. Okay, good, good. That, that answers <laughs> that. The guy. So it, it, it's not all Holly then. No, the the guy who actually played the dispensing machine is. Uh, called Tony Hawks, and he was oh, a, yeah. he's a great uh, skateboarder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Di- different, <laughs> different Tony Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm picturing a, a skateboarding toaster or skateboarding yeah. dispenser. Maybe that's why the toaster always sounds so sparky. It's like you know, in a past life, I was a lot happier, you know, because it mentions <laughs> about the un- you know ha- dead people having a lot more opportunities. That's probably how the job he got stuck with. From being dead, you know, it's like he yeah. has to be a toaster now. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, you have to possess the toaster. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Hawks was actually the Red Dwarf warm-up man, the guy who they um, the TV company brings in to warm up the crew before they start recording. Oh yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, he's a quite he's a quite a famous comedian here in the U- here in the UK. He actually um, wrote a book called Round Island with a Fridge. I have that book and I still haven't read it. I keep meaning to, but aside from that, yeah, he's meant to be quite funny. Mm. And that is actually quite literally, he went round Ireland, Ireland with a fridge. I've still through the book, I don't know why he did it, but I'll get back to you when I know. <laughs> to win a bar bet, apparently. <laughs> yeah, something like that, I've read it, yeah. 
I'll have to I have to read to find out. But I said I don't know I don't know like why you'd want to wonder about it with the fridge. Maybe it was a talking fridge. You never know. Kept them company. <laughs> Possibility. That would be amazing, actually. Conversation. <laughs> I don't, know, I, don't, I don't want my refrigerator to talk. It would be like, dude, you do not need to eat that. Look at yourself. But it's like, <laughs> arguing with your fridge? I don't know. Maybe maybe I should have a talking fridge that would do that for me. Maybe that would, you know. I don't know. It's like, have the yogurt instead? You don't need to have the pie? You know? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Or, or the fridge could be like, would you clean me out already? It's starting to smell. Yeah. Do you know like, this cheese has been, has been in here for three here weeks. For so, you know. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, back to the show. Oh, yeah, but speaking of that, um, I'm not sure if, if you guys pick up on it, but this show got really, really, really British for us. Very. Like, there were there were a few cultural things that we just had to stop and try and figure out what exactly we're going. Like the first thing we noticed, and we noticed yeah. this all through the Harry Potter books too. Okay. Bacon sandwich, awesome. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's like that's not a very common thing over here. Actually, the the really? idea of a bacon sandwich. Yeah, I know. Oh, like I don't know why not, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, we even when we first read about that with Harry Potter, we had to like order some HP sauce to, to you know get the full experience and oh yeah, yeah. HP sauce. great it's, great it's, great idea the bacon sandwich bacon sandwich with egg as well very good that's another mm. classic you know see that, yeah, that must be more common like common. a bacon sandwich but just like stacks of bacon on bread with mayo and whatever that's yeah oh, is, although we do have the BLT. the BLT that's true yeah that's true yeah and pl- you've got bagels and stuff. And, like you put like cream cheese and bagels and things, and True. we don't really do like we. Yeah. T- I don't know. Yeah. Although like, that's more of a recent thing. You put serotonin. That's something we don't do. Wait, I don't know syrup, if all Americans wait. do that. Syrup with like bacon and stuff and pancakes. Uh, we don't yeah, do that kind of thing. Put syrup with with like yeah waffles or pancakes, and then bacon would be like a side dish to that. Don't really put syrup on uh, the bacon. Well, that's good. So I was thinking, I remember like ha- seeing that as a kind of menu option. I'm thinking, no, that isn't really what I'd want as a menu. But yeah, that, that clarifies that for me. Yes, that okay. makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the other one, okay, and I don't know if this is a time reference that's lost or, or a British reference. Okay. Moss Frosts and Teasy Wheezy. I think it's a time thing. I think it's a time thing. I've never understood it, to be fair, in all the years I've watched Red Dwarf. Okay, good. Not yeah. just... Good. Okay. Teasy yeah, weezy makes... sounds sort of hair, like you know, you tease your hair, but mm-hmm. I don't know. See, it almost sounds yeah, like, think... like like it would be like a like a Sesame Street type children's character, you know? Oh, I'm Teasy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, might, it might be. You never know. Like like really old t- children's TV program. It does sound a bit like that. To be honest, that's what I'm well, thinking it was. So. Well, I think we haven't gotten to the most important part of this episode, which is the marijuana gin. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just thinking, not only do they have marijuana gin, but it can apparently stay good for, what, 3 million, 30 million years? (laughs) Yeah, I thought it would have probably turned into something, something undrinkable by that point but 
I, I, I don't know. I just I don't think I would go near it anyway. I'd be like, oh no, <laughs> wouldn't be able to handle that. It's, it's like good wine. It just turns to vinegar at the end of it anyway. Yeah. I'm sure the same. <laughs> it just wouldn't taste that good after so many thousands. Maybe after ten years, twenty years, but when it gets <laughs> to the thousands, you're like, no, <laughs> I'll leave it in the bottle. <laughs> okay, okay, and I also love that Rimmer is jogging. Yes, yeah. he's an amalgamation of light. Yeah. And he's still jogging. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that was, that actually is like one of the things he's saying, like, he was kind of doing the jogging on the spot, going, yeah, I could have broken a world record there or two, you know. So <laughs> I was just like, it's just like, he's like, he was doing a 300 meter run, but he said, well, if, I, if he just kind of does his own calculations in his head and he's like, yeah, yeah, I could have broken a world record there. He's like, it's just a typical Rimmer thing to do, you know? Just like, oh. He still feels the need it's to keep in shape, even when he's a hologram. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's, it is a kind of Pam forehead moment. You're just like, oh, the hell. So, I get the feeling that I like Rimmer more than other people. Yeah, I've noticed that. You, you guys really, <laughs> really relate to him. I know you love Rimmer, guys, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You're just like, yay, Rimmer! And now, at, at the beginning of the episode, though, it was very much uh, when he was just greeting uh, Lister with this, this string of insults, it mm. was very Blackadder. He was very yeah. much channeling the, his inner Rowan Atkinson. Mm. Yeah. Oh, hello, yeah. Lister! And just calls him lots of fun things. And hippie mm. Heaven, I think. Was yeah, the Hippie Heaven, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was actually quite funny, because he... Because that's what Rimmer does. He just comes off with a, like, a chain of, of really offensive insults, and he does it with such good timing. It's really yes. good. It is quite funny. You know, he's like, he's, he's the, he is like the black adder of it. You know, he's just the one mm-hmm. with the sarcastic comments that doesn't actually add anything to it, doesn't do anything. He's just the one who's always cynical, you know. Part of it is uh-huh. that Rimmer, he's a better actor than Lister. Mm. I'm sorry, but he is. Possibly. I, don't I mean, know. especially when you see that scene where he's having to do the same thing twice. Mm. That was eerily good. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, beehive haircuts. Were they big in the 60s in Britain as well as here? Yeah. Yes, they I'm certainly sure. were. Yes, they were. Yeah. Oh. I think I think they came over from to Britain, but yeah, there's, there's definitely My a lot of My mom has some old pictures of herself with that exact same haircut. <laughs> <laughs> It's like yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, it's great. I have to ask. This is something we didn't mention last week, actually. Um, yeah. Did you notice on the uh, wall in the corridor where it says the level that they're on? I think I can't remember. Um, sorry, what was that? Uh, say again. Sorry. On do you know in the in the main corridor? Yeah, uh-huh. it says the level that they're on, level forty-two, for instance. Oh uh-huh. no, I haven't been noticing uh-huh. that. It Is it level forty-two? I have. N- I I'll just make a number <laughs> up to be fair. Um, well, what does it mean of life? Double atoms again. Yes. <laughs> it's actually written in two languages. Oh. Right. Oh. What's the other language? Do you know? Esperanto. Oh wow. Esperanto. Mm, cool. That's awesome. Interesting. I'm glad to know that Esperanto comes back into vogue and the. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of, what year was it before the three million year? Was it like 2200, 2300? Uh, I'm trying to remember what time uh, Lister and Rimmer are from. 
the 22nd century, yeah, 22nd oh. century from from what I can remember to be fair. Okay, so so still the the 2100s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to know that Esperanto comes back into vogue along with Polaroid pictures. That's that's yes. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Polaroid. Yeah, and they that. develop Facebook. He's got his pictures there on his Facebook You're account. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Um, there's an Easter egg on the Series One DVD, which includes the raw footage of of the sequence. Mm-hmm. And the two babies can be heard crying in the background of the shot as the photo had just been taken. Aww. Aww. The babies. See, and that's what I really like about this episode and why I think <coughs> it works really well as a second episode, even though it's not very action-y, mm-hmm. although Lister does have some cool running action sequences through red corridors. Mm-hmm. But And the but, motorcycle ride. Yes, the motorcycle ride. I love the motorcycle. Um, but yeah, the whole time he's been setting up for, oh, I'm going to go to Earth and do this stupid, stupid idea that I had about raising horses on Fiji underwater. Um, but now we see that he's going to be living his life on the Red Dwarf, but that's not depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have an actual life. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that he has to sleep for another three million years to start his life again. It's that, you know, things are going to be good for him. I liked that. I, I like that sort of setting up the Sorry. Of the show. Oh, it's okay. Technical fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listen, it's actually lost Sarah on the line there for a moment. She is back. As you, no, as I, I was going to close the window. I was going to close the window and then... Oh, okay. Speaking of this whole setup, um... Uh-huh. Why is the ship just now stopping to turn around to go to light speed for this long, long, long journey back to Earth? Why didn't Holly take the ship close to Earth when it was right before it was time for Lister to wake up? Very good question. As far as I can tell, Lister and uh, and uh, Rimmer aren't doing anything toward the the act functioning of the ship itself. <laughs> so it's not. I, I don't know why, why does. Oh well, now that you're awake. Here's a three million journey, uh, light your journey back to Earth, and now go back to sleep. Maybe he didn't know that Rimmer would want to go back. You know, huh. he's a computer. Like, he doesn't think along human terms. Like, oh, you've got everything you need here. Why would you even want to go to this planet that probably everyone, or definitely everyone you know is dead? Hmm. Maybe. Or, or maybe he went into um, hibernation, as it were. Oh, well... But, I mean, then wouldn't the ship have, like, been pelted by asteroids? No, he said that he had been awake. Yeah, he did. The, the, computer, the computer said that he had been awake, and he's mm-hmm. gone a bit funny. Mm-hmm. In the I first episode, I think we lost remember? Sarah again. Uh, yeah, so I, I, think, I think Holly has been conscious all this time. I think he said that in the first episode, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It just, just seems like a weird setup. Guys, unfortunately, it looks like we've actually uh, lost Sarah tonight. Um, yeah, no. Modern technology, eh? Indeed. Indeed. It so. gives you boots when you want chicken soup. <laughs> well, we will uh, we will soldier on uh, for this episode. Hopefully, have that straightened out next week. Um, 
As far as the future echoes themselves, let's look at a few of these, because for Angela and me especially, Mm -hmm. uh, these are intriguing. I mean, these are theoretically glimpses of stuff we're going to be seeing later, Mm -hmm. because... And freaky is all get out at the beginning. Extremely so, yeah. Oh, the (laughs) the mirror, the shaving mirror thing. Ah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it looks like out of a horror movie. But but plot-wise, so apparently there's going to have to be a female, like like, uh, Lister says, if he has kids. Uh, At some point, did you notice, Angela, that future uh, Lister's right arm appears to be metal? So do we have a, a future future Gohan scenario here. He's he's losing an arm <laughs> somehow. Uh, that's a Dragon Ball reference for those of you who aren't anime nerds. Uh, nerds. <laughs> so, I don't know. Does he lose his arm on the show? Don't tell us. Uh, you know, we'll have to. Um, I think else? that's going to be one of those things that we're going to keep looking for. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll find out, oh no, he was just wearing a glove. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It was quite confusing even for the writers. They had to draw diagrams to figure out the complex series of events. In, in the words of Doctor Who, it's so uh, timey-wimey, timey-wimey. But yeah, and I liked how it began by being just a, like a minute or so in the future, and then it got to be like crazy, crazy long in the future that, you know, Lister was an old man. And then it started going back. Yeah. That, mm. you know, they put that level of complexity in it and mm. didn't just go all crazy. But his, I don't know, his reaction to the fact that his future son dies horribly kind of blasé. Mm. I, I guess he was glad that he wasn't going to die and, and his whole little philosophy there of, uh, well, I hate to use up a quote, but... Um, Oh, what did he say about Bex? Yeah, everyone dies. You're born, you die. The bit in the middle is called life, and that's still to come. So he's having trouble, I guess, mourning the death of a child that he hasn't had yet. But still, that's rough. Mm. I don't know. I I tended to look at Lister just really positively in that light. Because when he went to the bridge, he thought he was going to die. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm. And he still did it, even though the only things he would save was the cat and Holly and Rimmer and the various mechanical things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was really, really heroic there. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, uh, a Polaroid camera. The light from a Polaroid camera can apparently catch up with the light speed of a future Echo to take a picture of something that hasn't yet happened but will have been happening. Hey, they don't so, make cameras like they used to. They don't make cameras yet like they will. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's exactly what you said last week. Sod everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, so future aside, Cat uh, is back this episode, dressing like Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and has lots of suits. Did you like him this week? Um, I liked him more this week than I did last week. I still don't quite understand his whole role on the show. I, I mean, comic relief, yeah, but I, I'm waiting for a little bit more character from him. Yeah. I uh, want to know how he got all those suits. Like, was he was he sewing them? Well, apparently, he, them he, enslaved, he enslaved the rest of the cats of the <laughs> <and> they died. <laughs> <laughs> 
selling all of those suits. That, that the suits are in fact made out of the fur of his fallen. Oh cut- <laughs> my goodness! You uh, suits made out of his family. So oh horrible. Oh my goodness! But he's willing to sacrifice his own leg for a suit. Why not uh, cousin Mamert? No? I don't know. Oh my goodness! Okay, I'd like to point out that Lister could have moved into any room in the whole ship, and he stays in his crappy little bunk. Which, you know, he's got to be, like, he. they established he was the lowest-ranking person on the ship mm. ever. So he had to have the, abs, just the worst bunk. Mm. He could have moved into the captain's room. But mm. no, he likes his little bunk. Put it, put it like <laughs> this now, he is the second highest ranking officer, officer aboard that ship. That's true. true. That's that true. doesn't outrank him yet. <laughs> Oh, so considering the sh- what the cat did to his family, then I'm sure it's still to come. <laughs> uh, let's see the ship. Okay, the the robots, the little uh, ship robots that didn't want to be left alone with Rimmer. Aww. I love the robots. They reminded me of like the Farscape Bugbots or Doc Ock's <laughs> arms, or uh, or, or the, like the little um, the fire extinguisher robot in the Iron Man movie. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, they're called Scutters. Scutters. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh. oh, okay. Well, that explains why there is yet another uh, podcast called Scuttercast. And yeah, that made me confused because at first I thought it was a Carnival reference because there's major character named Scudder on Carnival. Not a spoiler. <laughs> okay, I could be confused on that. Hmm. But no, no, I think Scuttercast is Red Dwarf. Well, we can't check because spoiler. <laughs> we can't check. Oh well. Now, Scuttercast is uh, a Red Dwarf podcast. Oh. A very good Red Dwarf podcast, I should say. That yeah. we can't listen to yet. That we can't listen to yet. Lister has robot fish. Robot fish are awesome. And I'm kind of wondering how they made those robot fish because they looked a little bit too real. <laughs> like I, I didn't see no no animals were harmed in the making of this show. Notice here. So, did they just kill a goldfish and stick a... I don't know. Maybe not. No, it looked rubbery. Like, it looked rubbery when he was hitting it, and we could see the machines in it, but then they sort of did kind of a cutaway when he put it back in, and it wriggled around like a real fish. Well, I mean, yeah, clearly it was a real fish when it was in the tank, but the one that was on the table with the circuit board exposed, to me, looked very, very realistic. It looked rubbery to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm in denial. Maybe they killed lots of goldfish. (laughs) Just like Cat killed all of his sisters and brothers to make his suits. I'm sure everyone is just... The warlord cat. (laughs) Getting pissed off at us for (laughs) maligning Cat. The last of his kind. That means he wins. (laughs) Cat victorious. I think oh one point that I meant to say last week love the ending theme song oh that's fun the um, I'm cold outside yes yeah. fun and yes yes fun, fun, fun. there's actually a second verse to that song which has never been used in the show uh-huh. cool alright uh, so I, we're out of points Shane did you have any more points um, 
No, I didn't actually. No, we didn't. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, feedback. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. before we uh, get on to the email that we received, I just want to thank um, all the, the uh, listeners out there f- to um, for all the w- overwhelming um, comments that we've had. Me personally, on my personal Facebook page, on the um, st- uh, Red Dwarf Introcast page, they have all been great. I am actually completely overwhelmed by the positivity of it all. So I just want to say a big thank you to all the people who um, who have actually put messages out there. Uh, you th- guys are awesome. You guys are indeed awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, so we're on to feedback. We I uh, got one uh, uh, from Jay Hunter. Jay, uh, Jay Hunter writes, An excellent character-building episode with a heavy concept distilled down to a manageable, fun storyline. Trying to change the future you've just, you've just seen is a great hook and was used really well, especially when they were confined to basically two rooms. I'm still very impressed with the <laughs> your space crazy scene as Barry had to do exact exact same lines and body language despite Craig's dialogue and actions. Yes. yes. You could tell Craig didn't like Chris in some scenes. The unease felt felt beyond sympathy his acting. I love how they tease a lot of little cliffhangers showing glimpses of possible future episodes or plot threads. Which we don't so know about yet. <laughs> yeah. I so did so just real quick, just real quick yeah. Did the t- did the two actors do they not like each other? Uh, they ha- they did have problems. Okay. Wow. They did ha- they did have problems. Not too much in this first series, but it did get a bit um, icy in series two and series three. Well, that's hmm. sad to hear. Yeah, uh, basically because uh, Rimmer is um, the actor who plays Rimmer, I should say, Chris Beret, mm-hmm. um is. Almost like Rimmer, but with the volume turned way up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so sort of like a Kirk and Spock thing going on. Yeah. So so um, so as so. Okay. So um, so as Chris uh, so Chris Barry Chris Barry is nowhere near as bad as um, Rimmer, obviously. Mm. But uh, yeah, Rimmer's. You know, Chris Barrow's here, and um, Rimmer's out the house, down the street, round the corner, to the next town. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. That bad. And Chris and Craig Charles, who plays um, Lister, mm-hmm. is exactly is, is almost identical. Okay. They are basically they're playing themselves with the volume turned way up. Okay, that's interesting. Um, anyway, sorry, sorry. Back to the email. Back to the email. Yeah. <laughs> I did note that seeing the only picture of Lister has of his dad had the person completely out of shot, showing just a dog, which is a bit sad, but also very interesting. Mm. Overall, the, oh yeah, the the eighteen foot dog. <laughs> I love <laughs> him messing with cat like that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> No problem. Uh, overall, a thoroughly enjoyable episode and a very tight script. I found it to be much serious with much needed comic relief. Great job on the first podcast and I look forward to many more. Thank you. Aww. So thank you, Jay. That's very, very kind. Very much indeed. So 
If you want to email us, you can do at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. One word, the Red Dwarf Podcast, no uh, underlinings or spaces or anything like that, at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> or you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Podcast. Yes. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, which is not called Ganymede and Titan, uh, which it is just <laughs> called uh, The Red Dwarf Introcast. That is our Facebook. Uh, and you can leave comments on there as well. We've gotten some very, very uh, polite feedback here as well uh, from some different folks, uh, including uh, oh, Ian Blundell of Scuttercast. So thank him for that. Yes. Uh, and again, with all feedback, keep it spoiler free. Uh, if you're giving episode-specific feedback, just warn us what episode you're talking about so Angela or my and, or I don't accidentally read it and get spoiled on important plot points. Uh, you know, we welcome all feedback. Um, uh, well, not all feedback. You know, if you have, like, Nazi propaganda, you keep that stuff. But <laughs> the vast majority of the reasonable feedback which we would like to receive, we welcome. So. And please don't spoil us on Cat's inevitable takeover of the entire universe. Will he make a suit out <laughs> of Blister? We will have to wait for <laughs> his right arm. It is now Cat's hat. So, uh, all right. Just before we move on, uh, got a, um, just want to play a little message from our friends over at the Total Wrestling Show. Because... Promotional consideration paid for by the following... Hey, this is Andy and Dan from Total Wrestling Show. Are you enjoying the programming right now? It's been a great show, and if you're enjoying this, don't forget to tune in every Sunday, 6 p.m. GMT, for Total Wrestling Show Live. And if you want to be part of the most interactive Facebook group in the wrestling world ever, go to facebook.com forward slash TWS Live, or you can tweet us at TWS Mate. And don't forget, if you can't join us live every Sunday at 6 p.m. at TotalWrestlingShow.com, you can always check us out on podcast, and that is off the iTunes feed. And while you're there, leave us a Review. Exactly. So if you want to have the latest news, the latest reviews, the latest competitions, and the latest superstar interviews, join us for Total Wrestling Show Live, the UK's number one in pro wrestling interactive talk. Yes, please go and visit our, our very good friends over the Total Wrestling Show. They do a really, really great show. Now on to well, quotes. So who wants to start our quotes? I have like eleven, so I have plenty. <laughs> so somebody else start. Who uh, um, wants to go first, Angela, or do you want to go for me? Uh, I can go first. Okay. Um, just scream out my name hysterically, and I'll come pelting down the corridor. I am Holly, an I.I. computer with an IQ of six thousand. That's the same IQ as six thousand PE teachers. <laughs> uh, let's see uh, Sarah left us her quote if you want to read that one for us Shane switch me on switch me off like I'm some sort of battery parasex aid <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh, my favourite well one of my favourites was we're travelling at the speed of flight that means by the time you've seen something you've already passed through it even with an IQ of 6000 it's still brown trousers time <laughs> <laughs> okay I've got another one I've got another one I gave you ample bracing time. <laughs> uh, let's see. For your minute, 
<laughs> How simple do you want this? So Lister can understand it. Oh dear. <laughs> Rimmer, but you, but you are how you look, and I look like a complete and total tit! And you like that one too. Uh, let's hey, see. Keith, okay. You wrote down, you wrote down the All whole right. thing. It hasn't happened, has it? It has, will have, going to have happened, happened, but it hasn't actually happened, happened yet, actually. Puppycock! It will be happened, it shall be going to be happening, it will be, was an event that could, will have been taken place in the future. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. I loved it. We went whole... back four or five times yes. to get the wording of that. <laughs> I'm always going to ask. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, another good one. Um, you can't whack death on the head. If he comes near me, I'm going to rip his nipples off. <laughs> Fly me to the moon, I'll take you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, oh, I, oh, I've got another one. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm surrounded by goits. <laughs> I like goits. Uh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was super fast. Not if you count the thrashing around and agonized screaming. <laughs> 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 And I, oh, I had one more. Okay. Uh, I just liked it. I, you know, I'm still warming up to the character, but feeling good. How am I looking? Good. I wish I was someone else. Then I could kiss me. <laughs> and then he decides to snack on robot fish. He does. Because he is a merciless killer, as we've established. Yes. 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 Uh, Cat, the yeah. merciless killer who commits genocide for nice suits. Okay, the quotes have reminded me, but and I've met Doctor Who several times already this episode, but okay. the future Lister sending the message from the future to himself really reminded me of the episode Don't Blink. Yes. Uh, of Doctor Who, the, the newer series, uh, the, the one-way conversation from mm-hmm. the future, where they only know what they're saying because they've seen it. Mm-hmm. Just really wrapping your mind around that one. Okay, well, we'll move on to ratings now. Ratings. Ratings. So I will, um, I would say Sarah's one, which was, she rated it five vault breaking rimmers. <laughs> nice. I'm going to rate it nine bad haircuts. It's one of my favorite episodes of the first series. Nice. Nice. Love. What do you rate it? Uh, I also rate it. Uh, nine out of ten head-banging robots. <laughs> um, I I liked this episode a lot, um, I, and I love a good time travel mystery. Uh, I I don't want to rate it too high though because I, I'm still thinking that this show has room to grow. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to to give it eight. Um, eight what? Oh, goodness, I had so many good ones. Eight uh, after the bleeps. Bleep. Bleep. <laughs> bleep. Thought about I thought about eight eighteen foot long dogs, but no bleep. <laughs> Speaking of, of okay, maybe that's maybe that's uh, across the pond. Is it bleep instead of beep? It is. Um, it could be both. To be fair. Okay. Huh? See, I, I rarely hear bleep. We we're all about the beeps. So you see, I love this cultural exchange here. Learning oh. about bleeping. <laughs> But whenever whenever we use bleep, it's usually to bleep out words. Yes. Yeah, an explicit uh, yeah. yeah. 
exclusively and censoring. Yeah. 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 Huh. All right. Uh, well, that's what we thought, and uh, yeah, if you want to contact us, we've already said all that, so we won't, well, we'll say it very quickly. Email us at theredwarfpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash redwarfpodcast. Join our Facebook group, the Red Dwarf Introcast. Keep it spoiler-free, and warn us if you're giving episode-specific feedback. And thank you again for listening and for all of your feedback. Uh, yes, what oh, is our... Oh, yes. wh- for next week. What's the third episode? Next week's episode. Next week's episode is called Balance of Power. Hmm. Balance of Power. I think we've got the cat coming in. Yeah. Start taking over. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Bye. Well, I think it's time to say uh, go- goodbye. So, okay, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, goodbye. everyone. Uh, <laughs> next week with Sarah, hopefully.